This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Lather Talk with your hosts, John Shea and Gerard Gustillo. Hey guys, John here. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Lather Talk. The Thanksgiving holiday here in the United States is just around the corner. So from all of us here at Lather Talk, I want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving if you're celebrating. One thing I know I'm thankful for this holiday and really just all the time are the Lather Talk patrons. Without their help, this podcast and really all the content for the YouTube channel just wouldn't be possible and just wouldn't be the same without you. So thank you so much for your support, for your continued support. I really appreciate all of you. And here's the perfect chance to plug the Lather Talk Patreon. Guys, if you want to help out the show, help out the content creation efforts financially, then head on over to patreon.com slash Lather Talk and find out how you can help. I know it's a shameless plug, but thank you guys so much for putting up with it. Now I'd like to introduce our guest for today's episode. We are talking to Caleb Aylesworth, the founder and lead designer of Aylesworth Razors. They released their very first razor just this past spring, so we'll find out how Caleb got into wet shaving, how he got to make his own razor, and he also shares with us his background in design and his experience in the world of video games. As huge video game fans, Gerard and I had such a great time talking with Caleb, and we hope you enjoy our chat. Guys, I'd like to welcome our guest for today's episode of Lather Talk. Before we get much further, uh, Caleb is the founder and lead designer of Ellsworth Razors. He's out of Toronto, Canada currently, and we're very honored to have him on the show. Caleb, welcome to Lather Talk. Awesome. Yeah, thank you guys. Uh, really happy to be here. Big fan of the show. Yes, and I, I will apologize uh, to Caleb in that I think we were supposed to schedule this earlier, but he is so good and sending gentle reminders to me. <laughs> that, <laughs> uh, thanks for bearing with my uh, disorganization, but so happy, though, that we can connect and just chat today. I know later on we'll talk about some exciting things. There's a drop happening uh, within within this week. We'll get to that. Mm-hmm. But before we touch upon what's coming out, we should start at the beginning of your story. I am sometimes hesitant to ask this because it kind mm-hmm. of revolves around the same kind of like you know, like two or three paths. But how did you get started into wet shaving? Can you share us with that that story? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think most people, uh, it's like you said, it's a couple of different paths, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think mine, mine was pretty straightforward, so I can keep it kind of short. Um, I had been started to become kind of disillusioned with, um, 
you know, the, the disposable razors and whatnot. Um, I'd seen some things popping up here and there about sustainable shaving. And I just found myself in, in our kind of drugstore. I don't, I, is yours, what is yours? CVS? Uh, it's one of them. CVS, I, Walgreens. Yeah, there's Walgreens. Okay. Yeah. So our version of that, it's called Shoppers Drug Mart um, here okay. in Canada. And um, there's just, you know, rack off the, off the shelf, um, a few things available. And I saw this Wilkinson sword. Actually, I might have it right here. Ooh. Is it? Oh yeah. 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 Right here. So, um, I saw this Wilkinson sword, uh, butterfly, um, razor, right. It's just the one that kind of spit twists open, open like that. And, uh, so I was like, Hey, that thing looks pretty cool. You know, it's like got this vintage barber, barber pole pattern, whatever. And so I, I figured I'd try to pick it, uh, pick one of those up and grab myself some blades. And then I realized I didn't have everything that I need for it. So then I went back out and I was kind of looking around, um, went on Amazon, picked up myself a tub of Perezo, um, got in, a, in one of those Omega kind of bore brushes yeah. off the shelf, co- yep. cost me like 10 bucks or whatever. And I just got started with that. And for the first few months, I was just shaving with this tub of Perezo and uh, the Wilkinson sword and the blades that came with it and this uh, bore brush. And then, I don't know, somehow, I guess because of my Amazon shopping that I did, the algorithms pick up and they start showing you things. Oh, yeah. And then I'd be... I'd be on Instagram and then I'd start to see things on Instagram and then I, you start clicking on that and then the algorithm really takes over. And, um, and so then I started to see all of these like shave of the day photos and I didn't even know this rabbit hole existed. And then I started, <laughs> I, I started to go oh, down this rabbit hole. Little did you know. <laughs> yeah. And as you guys well know, the people who take these shots, they're, um, they're very creative, you know, the, with the setups and the lighting and, um, the razors themselves, the brushes, they're all these works of art. They're beautiful. The craftsmanship in, in and of themselves, um, all these beautiful straight razors, the artwork on the tubs of soap. And I'm just like, what is all this? And so I started looking into it um, some more. Then I got myself my first order of artisan soaps and then went down that rabbit hole. And, um, and that, that was pretty much it, you know? And mm-hmm. for a long time, I didn't buy a lot of different, like a lot of gear, but then once I, popped that cherry and just like got my first order of of soap then I started thinking about trying to buy some some higher end razors too um I didn't even know what CNC was and then I was like CNC what's that and then I started digging into that and there you go um you know the curiosity takes over and then you just next a year later you find yourself owning like a hundred soaps and <laughs> you oh, know, yes. a bunch of razors and brushes and uh, do you remember what year that like, like when you first picked up that Wilkinson sword? How how long ago was that? Uh, we're probably coming up on probably coming up on two years now. Um, okay. So it hasn't been that long. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah, not even two years. Wow. For some reason, I was expecting. Yeah, like like maybe you were a couple couple um, f- further in, but that that's. You might think so, considering that I've like designed a razor and it's you know it's already it's already <laughs> maybe, been out there in the, maybe that's in the market. Why. Yeah. You just decided that yeah. you're like this Wilkinson sword is just not doing it for me. I guess I should go the harder route and just design my own razor from scratch. <laughs> yes. It's actually funny that you say that. I've I've heard a few people a few people's stories like that. You know, um, I talked I talked with Steve from Alpha Shaving, yeah. and um, that's how he got into it. Cause he just couldn't find the brush he wanted. And then he started looking into like designing his own brush handle. And, um, and then it would have been way too expensive to make one. So then yeah. he asked a, a few friends around. He's like, if I made this, would you, cause he's like, okay, well, what if I do 
What if I do five? Okay, what if I do 10? How does that bring the price down? And so then he ordered a, a bunch and sold them to his friends, and that's how Alpha started. So Amazing. some people have, have gone down that route, but that wasn't, that wasn't the path that I took to designing um, Eraser. Well, that's a good segue, though. Uh, good follow-up question is, how did that nugget of an idea, you know, how, how did you decide to design your own, your own Razor and start Aylesworth Razors? Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question. Um, it, was, it was my fascination with the craftsmanship of the Razors themselves. Um, I didn't even, I don't know how many I owned at that time uh, of like the higher end kind of CNC um, bespoke three-piece razors. I maybe had a couple, but not too many. Um, I think I, I might have had a car of Christopher Bradley. Um, I can't even think back now to and remember what, what my first couple were. But um, I was really fascinated with the craftsmanship. And so uh, I'd, I'd be going down this rabbit hole on Instagram, looking at all of these shave of the day photos. And like, you know, I'd never heard of so many of these different makers like Timeless or Blackland. And mm. I'd open up their pages and then I'd look into their stories and I'd, you know, I'd look at in all these like high resolution images. And me being a 3D designer, that's my background. Um, you know, I come from the video game industry. I've been working in video games for going on 20 years now. Um, you know, trained, classically trained artist uh, out of college and then got into 3D design. And so... I just, I like to create things and I started off for fun, just trying to design something in 3D without really any intention of like, like actually making it or selling okay. it. Yeah. Um, just, I just wanted to see if I could make a cool design in 3D, but then I started posting it on my Instagram and it really, really quickly started to get a lot of attention. People would be like, when is this going to be available? I love this design, you know, yeah, <laughs> they'd, yeah. be, they'd be responding. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> people actually like this. So I started making different designs and more designs and posting those. And then um, around the same time, I actually discovered two things that got me there. Uh, so there's Yates. Um, they have they have a really cool Instagram page where because they're machinists first and then like razor makers second, um, they post a lot of like, basically CNC machine porn. Like they, they just take all, all these, all these images and videos of yeah. um, close-ups of their machines, like milling and like turning on the lathe and cutting out of solid steel. And I'd never seen this before. So I saw that and I was like, wow, that is so cool. It's like, it's like Michelangelo chiseling out of solid marble and except instead it's an AI intelligence chiseling out of solid steel. Mm -hmm. And so that got me really excited to go down that rabbit hole. So I bought some books on CNC and machining and started learning about that and what was involved with that. And then at the same time, um, I actually stumbled on to Chris um, from Carve, mm -hmm. his kind of story about how he got into it too. And, um, you know, his story was like, he just, he, he wanted to design a brush for fun and he was already a machinist. And so he just wanted to turn this brush and then he had a friend who was in wet shaving and um, basically they started talking and had this idea to make his own razor. And a very similar thing happened where people just really quickly, he was like blogging about it mm -hmm. and people really quickly grabbed onto that and then were interested in it. And so it evolved from being a hobby, like a hobby thing into like a thing for other people. And so seeing those two things, you know, the... Um, the, the Yates kind of machining thing, which piqued my curiosity there. And like looking at Chris's story, 
I just kind of got this idea. I was like, maybe I can really do this. You know, maybe this is not just a 3D thing. This is a thing that I can make into a real, a real actual razor. Hmm. And that was it. Then I started teaching myself the particular software called Fusion 360 that you use to make production designs. And um, I just started iterating on it. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, it is, it is funny, though, like you mentioned, there's some similarities uh, with people who might not even have, like, they're not wet shavers quite yet, but kind of have seen some things and, and then just jump to the design aspect. Um, that, that, that's really cool. I mean, just go you jump right in, go into go in the deep end and, and come out with something awesome. It was, it was, uh, you know, when I think back, um, I'm amazed at, I, I still can't parse out how much of it was just like me being really diligent and, um, and how much of it was just luck because the truth is, you know, I, the craft that I, I come from, the background that I come from, attention to detail is part of my job. So I have to be really careful. Um, and the way that I designed this razor, I actually had, I took, I had a bunch of razors and I measured all of the critical dimensions and critical components and like looked up online about how the razor functions and everything. Um, so I could try to figure out the areas where they deviate a lot across each razor and the areas where they don't deviate at all. Because if you find something where it doesn't deviate at all, that's a good indication that that's a very critical feature. Mm-hmm. Like, like for instance, the post holes um, or the posts, because those, those need to hold the blade, right? And the blades all have a standard dimension. So like that was how I figured it out, was just measuring them um, and then iterating once I made my first design. But to me, it was shocking that the first, even the V1 prototype worked as well as it did um, because there's no reason it should have. It, it probably should have been like a total train wreck, to sure. be honest. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I feel like I got lucky there. Hmm. Not getting enough drama, talking smack, or hooligan hijinks from your regular forums, social media, or Reddit? Well, the Lather Talk Discord is not for you. Sorry to disappoint. But if you're looking for a cool place to hang out with fellow traditional shaving degenerates, come on down to the Lather Talk Discord. Share your shave of the days, mail calls, or talk about your favorite hardware or software and just about everything in between. Once again, that's Lather Talk Discord. Check out the link below. Uh, do also want to mention to listeners that um, I, I do own the, the Dracant, and I also lent it to Gerard over over there to try it so that we could be informed <laughs> when talking to Caleb today. And from my experience, and this is the original Dracant, I'll, I'll just mention uh, Caleb has since released the Plus Plate, which has uh, what bigger blade gap, more blade feel, uh, oh, positive blade over- exposure. Po- yeah. yeah, yeah, that's pretty much the only difference, really. It's um, the original is neutral exposure and um, kind of a low low medium gap around uh, 0.73 millimeters, and the plus is about a millimeter. It's 0.99 and um, mm. has like a 0.125 millimeter exposure, so just a little bit of positive exposure. That's one on my list to try, but I do greatly enjoy the uh, the the Dracant. It's uh, in conversations with Caleb, kind of as this was coming coming out, and the way he described it to me, 
too. Uh, low blade feel, but got like moderate efficiency. That's kind of my sweet spot. Mm. And he was right. <laughs> like that's yeah, that, that's how he built it to me. I tried it, and it, it's good. It's a great. I think it could be a great everyday shaver. Um, love the weight of it. Love the design. I know this for some. This is an audio only medium, but you know mm. we'll put up some pictures of the Jacan. Um, and we actually do have a good amount of listener questions that mm. deal more with um, design inspiration and whatnot that we'll get to in just a little bit. But I also did want to hear from Gerard because we didn't talk about it too too much, but mm. just your, wow. just his experience with the with the razor. Yeah. Now um, my experience was really good with it. Um, I think I use I, I used it like for a week, week and a half or so. And I said, like, you, you had mentioned Yates. And like, I just said, this is like in that, like, kind of like same vein of like, uh, um, I forgot the model. It's like their, their first America model. America or winning? No, no. The, the original, 90, like, 91? The, yeah, 921. It's like the mm. 921M, like the Rockwell 6S. And like, oh, yeah. kind of in that, like, cause, cause, um, it's the regular fit. You had the regular finish, right? Right, John. It's because oh, the, um, there's two finishes, aren't there? There's a is there a satin yes. finish? There's a satin you finish. Have, it's a satin and machine, and I, uh, I think you had the it machine. It should be the satin one. Oh, it was maybe it was satin. satin one. It was satin one. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, it's just like um, with those kinds of finishes, you know, like for for people that that may understand this or, or, or not, like right, like when you have like a polished razor, there's like a certain feel with it. And for me, like with like that satin or whether like a bead blasted finish or, or something like that, like it just um, kind of has like this like different feel on the face uh, for mm. me and like different like audible like like element to it. Like when I'm shaving mm. with it, um, very smooth, very just like m- maybe it was like triggering like the ASMR in me, you know, like, like, like things mm. like that. Where I'm just like, I feel like my the, the auditory feedback is like really pleasurable because I can just like hear, you know, the, the shape going well, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So yeah, if, if that's something, you know, that um, you're, you know, if you're wondering like kind of just like where in the vein of, of compared to other razors and stuff like that, it's like within that wheelhouse and just, yeah, very easy to use. It didn't, it did not feel like overly aggressive or harsh at all. Um, yeah, just very, very comfortable to use as well. So that's an interesting note, actually, um, on the audible feedback. I that's uh, as you guys might imagine at this point, I've I've had heard a lot of different notes of feedback from a lot of different people, um, but that's actually one of the first times I've I've heard that one, which is interesting to me. Um, you know, certain razors get a reputation for having strong audible feedback, mm-hmm. um, and generally that has to do with um, more blade exposure because you get a little bit of the blade flex and and that can create um, some of that audible feedback. Since this one has neutral exposure and very um, very extensive clamping, you rarely get, or I don't think you get any flex whatsoever on the blade, but um, especially across the grain or against the grain, I've noticed it really has that mowing it down feeling yeah, uh, because it's so well clamped. And so I think maybe that, that, that might be the source of the audible feedback too. It's not a bad it's, thing uh, at all. It, it, it's it's yeah. just something like I notice with non-polished razors and, and things mm. like that. I think the mm. only one that I, I can recall that has, that is quote unquote polished is actually from, from, uh, from Phoenix. Their, um, 
they have a nickel plated razor and mm. it's so loud i forgot the name of it but is it the double op- the double open comb no it, it, it's it's not, not that it's one. um it's a it's just this close safety bar i'll remember it okay i'll i'll, I'll remember it like by the end of this but um <laughs> you just it's just like one of those things that you just hear just like oh this feels good and then or oh this is louder than i thought it would be or this it's like it's just weird i think i and i think you know like um like i used to play music like back in the day so like just mm-hmm. like those little things that like i'll hear stuff and my wife thinks it's weird you know um i i would say stuff like oh uh the light bulb is buzzing in the key of b flat and she's like that is very strange. And I'm just like, I know. What key does the Dracant shave You know, like, it's, it's, it's the <laughs> harmony. It's the heart. It's like the weird, right? It's like, like, what? C-sharp. If I hit it with a tuning fork, I'm like, what, like, what should I, what should it be? But. Yeah, actually, I didn't, um, I didn't take it as a, a negative yeah. uh, or like constructive criticism. I just, um, it's just unique. Uh, it's a unique note of feedback because I haven't really heard that one. Um, but I mean, I enjoy it too, right? I, I enjoy hearing the hairs pop. Mm-hmm. I enjoy hearing the razor working um it, it it gives you like you said that asmr right yeah. there's something soothing about it yeah um yeah like you said you've heard a bunch of feedback um i think a lot a lot of the what shaving community has very good things to say um and i did want to segue into some listener questions because i think it does a lot of questions did dive deep uh, want to dive deeper um mm-hmm. regarding the, the dracon razor so we'll uh, flip over to there. And the first question I have for you comes from uh, Rob from Chisel and Hound. Mm. This, is a two, this is a two-parter for you, Caleb. So uh, first part is, are there plans to bring other materials to the Dracont line, brass mm. or copper perhaps? And part two is, as a designer, what gets you excited? Of those things, what elements might we recognize in the Dracont? That's actually a three-part question, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but multi-part, multi-part. Multi mm, My mistake. I, I I appreciate Rob's uh, Rob's questions, though. Um, Rob's awesome, dude. Um, yeah. So the first one: plans for other materials. Absolutely, um, I can answer that one easily. Um, other materials for the Dracant? Yes. Um, potentially other other razors and other materials other razor designs um as well um he mentioned brass and or brass or copper Mm -hmm. um brass is the next logical step uh just you know it's um it's a similar kind of weight to stainless steel it's got very similar properties in terms of how durable it is um it's it's a good enthusiast hobbyist material uh but it is possible to produce a razor with brass uh, at a lower price point because it's uh, a softer metal to machine. So the tooling requirements and the um, number of machine passes, the feeds and speeds and everything are less, they're less involved than uh, especially marine grade stainless steel, which our current razor is. So Mm -hmm. essentially, you know, with stainless steel, let's say you need to bore a hole in stainless steel to a certain depth um, and the drill bit has to be a certain width. If you try to go too deep too fast, um, the drill bit could break because stainless steel is tough. So you got to go slower and you, you got to go down and then come back up and then go down again and then come back up and then go down. And then once you get to a certain depth, you got to go around like this to like widen the hole out. You know what I mean? So um, you, you have to use a lot more operations to create the same results with stainless yeah. steel. Um, and that's why it's expensive. It's the time on the machines as well as the material itself is more expensive. 
Um, so brass is just, you know, long story short, brass is easier to machine, and uh, therefore you can we could bring this the same Dracant design to people at at a lower barrier to entry um, and make it more widely accessible, mm-hmm. which is a which is a big goal for us. Uh, you know, for our first release, stainless steel was the first logical choice, um, just you know because of the the nature of the the razors that are out there and what people like, right? So for our first material, that was the one that we wanted to go for. But now that we've had some success there, we want to kind of open it up to um, a wider audience and make it available to people who maybe can't uh, afford to drop, you know, $170, $180 on a razor. Sure. Um, but there may be other plans for other stuff in the future too, potentially aluminum, um, potentially um, we, we might look at titanium. We've had some requests for titanium. Uh, so there's a, there's a chance to do that as well. And in also, I don't like to just redo the same razor design in a new material. So I, there are also plans to keep the functional elements of the Dracant, you know, the, the things that define the shave plane and the critical dimensions and the way, basically the shave experience wouldn't change. But, you know, you might look at a different handle for a titanium razor, for instance, or... Uh, you know, maybe just changing some subtle elements uh, that are more cosmetic rather than functional, that okay. kind of thing. Okay, so that's the first question. Yes. And the second question, sorry, was um, as a designer, uh, yep. what what inspires me? What gets you excited? What gets me excited and what might I see that, uh, what we might see from that in the Dracant? Yes. Um, Rob's brushes get me excited. No, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> uh, they do, they they actually do, um, and there are some reasons for this. You know, so Rob himself is a designer. Um, he comes from a design background, and for me, being a you know classically trained designer, I pay attention to things that you would see in classical art. So a strong design aesthetic, um, things like the golden rule or golden ratio, um, you know, rules of thirds, very strong coherent design philosophy that gets carried across um, an entire line of razors or throughout the model or, um, you know, a, a fingerprint or a thumbprint that the creator has. So, you know, if you look at like Rob's brushes, you can tell a, a chisel and hound brush right away. And then he'll do creative stuff where he'll work with different materials and, you know, the geometry, everything is aesthetic because it applies those rules of design. Um, and so when I see something that just feels aesthetic because it applies design philosophy um, in an effective way, that gets me excited. Most lay people... They don't know why it's compelling to them, mm-hmm. but, but it is because usually the artist has made some conscious choices there. Um, you know, Rob's Pueblo colors, the blue and orange, mm-hmm. those, are, those are what are known as um, complementary colors, right? And those colors work together for an, a specific reason. Right. So um, in the Dracant, you because I'm a designer and those things inspire me, you will see that throughout the Dracant. You know, the... Um, Everything from the helix handle pattern um, to the spacing of those helixes to the number of vertical flutes that go up the side to the thickness of the pommel at the bottom to, um, y- you know, the the design of the top cap and the way that it has that kind of like T-slit in it that looks almost like a helmet, like a Viking yeah. helmet or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The helix handle pattern is based off of um, the leather wrap that you would see on a Viking axe. Cause it has, mm-hmm. 
has that kind of wrap and swirl. Yeah. And then, you know, if you look at like Thor's hammer or something, it's got the wrap and then it's got the little pommel at the bottom. Yep. That's mm-hmm. what the razor looks like, right? So I think that's about it. So the Aylesworth Mjolnir will be next on the list is what you're saying, essentially, <laughs> right? <Is> that- <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm, I'm all upon that. The, the, the I, you know what? I would, I would love to do that. I would love to do that um, if Marvel wouldn't sue me. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's it's no no it's it should be um what what's the term um open domain or whatever because it's Norse mythology. Is Mjolnir is Mjolnir from Norse mythology? That's if it I, is, then I could. Yeah, is, uh, I mean, is Thor's hammer really called Mjolnir in Norse mythology, or is that a Marvel Comics thing? That you know what that could be the Marvel thing because of the whole dual identity of the original character mm. but yeah but like thor odin loki all the like that's op- that's like free domain but yeah mm. something um, worth looking into caleb it's something spelled worth looking a little into. bit differently but yeah it looks like it is it is it's in, part of the it's, it's part of mythology. the it's part of the mythology Yes. Hey, there we go. Maybe I'll do a single edge razor called yeah, a Mjolnir. Yeah, you know, <laughs> um, that's awesome. Actually, you know, that's a that's an interesting segue right there. The way that the mm. Dracant name came about. I don't yeah. know if that's I don't know if that's one of the user questions, but no, go go um, ahead, please, it please. It uh, it came about because so the design actually came about. There's a, this guy, another awesome guy in the community, John Bonham, Cape Cod wet shaving. And he's one of the first people I met in wet shaving. And I was showing him some of my designs. And um, he, he's really into video games. And some of the games I've worked on, you know, he happens to be a fan of. And we were talking about those. And he's like, yo, you, you know, you should make a Skyrim theme razor. And I'm just like, really? Yeah. And he's like, call it the Dragonborn. And I was like, that's a really cool idea. Todd Howard <laughs> would so, be very pissed, but I mean. <laughs> yeah. So then I did. I designed oh. it. Um, but then I was like, I can't call it the Dragonborn because, right. like, yeah. you know, Bethesda's going to sue me. So, so then I, I, I initially called it the Dragon's Bane, and the original version that I released and showed to the public was called the Dragon's Bane. But oh, then, okay. um, and for a long time, that's what it was called. But then, as we started getting ready, like closer to it being a real thing that was being released, I was like, okay, I have to come up with an actual real product name for this. And so then I. Um, I went back to it and I started looking up different things. Um, and I had all, all of these cool names and then I was translating them into um, Swedish or uh, Norwegian just because that had that whole Viking theme. Yeah. So I was looking at things like, you know, steel rider <laughs> and then translating that into, or, um, and then I came up with dragon edge and I typed dragon edge into Google translate and um, in Swedish it, it's Drakant. So that's ah. the, the name Dracant means Dragon Edge. All right, thank, thank, thank you, Cape Cod. <laughs> yeah, that John, John's great. Okay, that that's awesome. Well, mm. now all of the video game like references are gonna just be popping in my head. You know, <laughs> I did a Dead Space uh, Dead Space theme design too. Oh, did you? Yeah, I actually worked I- on Dead Space, so I, I felt like I had to. Unfortunately, I did not play that one, but obviously, I, I'm I, I'm aware of it. But <laughs> it has a very strong uh, design language, visual design language in it. Okay, um, what we call shape language. So it would be recognizable in yeah. the in the razor. Yeah. Hmm. Well, there's definitely a lot of. 
being, I think both Gerard and I also big fans of video games and other geeky things. Um, mm. Very on board with your your where you're drawing inspiration and sources from. So that is that's quite exciting. Um, follow, uh, sorry, not follow up question. Another question from our listeners. This is from Cowzilla Three. Uh, he asked, what was the one thing that surprised you, good or bad, when making the razor? When making the razor? Um, making, designing. Like about inter- designing a razor? I, I think we can go with de- designing. But if if there is something like on the production side that kind of came up, mm. feel, feel free to answer that how you want. I would say, um, I would say the single most shocking thing um, for me and this is this is what kind of goes back to when I was saying it's it's almost sort of miraculous that the original design worked so well. Um, the degree to which there is variance in experience uh, of users, I mean user experience within wet shaving, you know the whole why why MMV your your mileage may vary mm-hmm. factor. Mm-hmm. Um, the degree to which people two different people can have a completely different experience with the exact same product was uh, was actually mind blowing to me. You know when I did the um, V two and I passed that razor around. Uh, I, I did a, a post user survey and there was a bunch of different questions to answer, but there was also just a rating where I asked them to rate um, the visual appeal of the razor, the comfort of the razor and the efficiency of the razor on a scale of one to five. When they rated the visual appeal of the razor, it was almost unanimous. Um, everybody was pretty much four and five out of five. So they, everyone thought it was pretty sexy. Um, when they rated the comfort, it was more spread out, although they were mostly leaning towards comfortable, but it started to be like maybe three to five. Mm. And when they, when they were asked to rate the efficiency, it was completely across the map with some people saying it was a five, some people saying it was like a two or a one. And then they were clustered around the middle around a three or a four, but it, it was super spread out. And um, you know, one mm. person's one person's blade feely razor is another person's. I can't feel the blade at all, and one person's this is the most efficient thing I've ever used is another person's. Like, I can't. This can't get me to BBS with four passes. You right. know, it's just different experience. And um, so that I would say is the first. And then there, I, I do want to give a second answer to that too, because there's one other sure. thing that that sort of surprised me, which is. Um, when you look at a razor, it seems like such a simple thing. I mean, this thing was designed over 100 years ago, the first DE razor, right? The first um, three-piece. And it's it's three chunks of, of metal, a handle, and then two pieces that fit together, right? And it seems like such a simple thing. But the more you dive into it, the more you realize like how much of a precision instrument it is and how important the details are and like that you have to like nail those down to, you know, two one hundredths of a millimeter for it to give a good shave, you you, you know, like a 10th of a millimeter more or less exposure will completely change the experience. And, and there are all these interconnected factors that all push and pull on each other. And so if you change one thing, it changes something else, which changes something else. And then you have to account for all of those things, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so it's just, I guess that's a long way of saying 
designing a functional thing that people use in the real world, especially one they use to cut hair off their face with an extremely sharp blade, is a lot harder than it sounds. <laughs> yeah. I would also kind of like to jump on top of the that answer is um, the blade itself is also going to... I found that like different blades will behave completely differently in the same razor. Yes. So a lot of that yep. variance will influence like someone's, you know, answer on how comfortable it is or how efficient it is or or what what have you. Skin type, how how how's their skin, you know, is it yeah. sensitive? Is it less sensitive? Um how frequently they shave, how thick their hair growth is, the direction of their hair growth, their experience level, like all of these things, right? Um the perfect analogy that I would give, especially when it comes to experience level, is like, um, you know, let's say we're riding in a canoe down down a river, and then uh, suddenly the clouds above us start to get all black, and, and the thunder starts coming up, and then it starts pouring rain, and then the river turns into this torrential downpour. Now, Two different people in that situation. One person, it could be the greatest time of their life, and the other person, it could be the worst experience they've ever had, right? And the only difference between that is that the person's comfort level with the canoe and, um, and the, yeah, their experience level. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was just asking about quickly about the video game background. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, like I said, I studied art in college, um, traditional mm -hmm. art, drawing and painting and stuff. Um, but it, as you well know, it's, it's hard to, well, maybe you don't, don't know. It's very hard to get a job that, that pays you any kind of way as a traditional artist. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, so I, like after that, I was struggling for a little bit and then I met some friends of mine who um, graduated and they had started taking this postgraduate class uh, in video game design. And this was like in the early days back before there, there weren't very many programs like that, that you could go to college and learn how to make art for video games. And so I stopped by their classroom and I saw the stuff they were doing and that was it. I was just like, this is, this is, <laughs> I, this is for me because it, I, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. I just loved it. It was so cool. And, um, you know, and I have a little bit of a technical leaning, um, mind anyway, like as it, as it, there are two kinds of artists. There are really creative artists who are just like pure creativity spewing out onto a canvas. And then there are really analytical people, you know, I would, I would say like some of the Renaissance artists, Da Vinci would have been like that where he's dissecting, 
the bodies and looking at the muscles and everything, trying to figure out like atmospherics and way light works. Um, it's more a scientific approach to art. I'm that kind of person. And so that lends itself really well to uh, 3D design and video games, right? Because it's a bit more technically leaning of a background. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, and then after that, yeah, you just, you, you try to get in, you apply to jobs, you get your first job. And once you get your first job, you gain experience. And it's like anything else, you know? Um, and then you just go to the games that you want to work on um, or the companies that you want to work for. So you mentioned Dead Space. Did you have you? Uh, what other franchises would we be familiar with that you've worked with? Oh boy! Oh gosh! Um, okay, top three. Tomb Raider, the most um, recent worked, one. I, not the most recent one, but um, that was my former company that made the most recent one. Okay. Um, but uh, I worked on Rise of the Tomb Raider, which okay. I believe really released back in, I want to say. 2014 yeah. or something like that yeah. yeah something like that um so that that would be one of the biggest ones and then um for me dead space 2 it's one of my top my favorite games i've ever worked on mm. and um and then I, I worked on uh call of duty uh modern warfare remastered so that was pretty cool nice very nice yeah and Bioshock, that was like my first, my first Ooh. love. I, yeah, I got to, part one. I got to work on Bioshock. Uh, part two. Yeah. That that has a great design aesthetic, though. I mean, even even though I never played Dead Space, I mean, it's like sci-fi horror yeah. would be a good way to describe it, right? Like, great like atmosphere and stuff. That's it's great, great, great games that you've worked on. <laughs> it's it's been it's been enjoyable. Yeah, it's it's uh. It's been a journey. So now you know what it is. Like when there's an opportunity in any video game that you work on in the future, where maybe they're shaving in space, you make the razor the dracot, <laughs> and just make it the little Easter egg. No one will talk about you. Just be just be like, hey, uh, we have to make it this look and and feel. <laughs> mm. Yeah, well, you know, I actually I hadn't considered that, but I think I'm gonna start I'm gonna start trying to Easter egg wet shaving yeah. in, into the video games that, that I work. You know, I just if I'm designing somebody's room, Some I'll space. just like put like a shave yeah. a shave den over in the corner. Space badger. <laughs> yeah, it would have to be synthetic. Mm. Unfortunately, it probably would be. Uh... Yeah. Looking at a, a, another question, Shave on Gents asks. When can we expect to see your brush? Ah, yeah, Carlos, good dude. Also, um, very soon. So I can I can talk about it. I don't have okay. a, spe a specific release date yet. Um, actually, for the for the just a moment, I'm going to go grab it for the people who are watching in video form. Yeah, sure. Yep, we'll wait for you. So this is the brush that uh, Carlos is referring to. Um, uh, it's called the Altair brush. And uh, right now it's got a badger, two band badger um, mm -hmm. bulb in it, but it's um, when it releases, it's going to release with the G5C synthetic from, from AP Shaveco. Mm -hmm. um, this changed. So this is the prototype. This has changed. It doesn't have the sil um, the aluminum anymore. It's just going to be a black with the Aylesworth logo engraved in it. Um, but otherwise, you know, it's pretty much like that. It's a 6063 architectural grade aluminum anodized black. And they're in production right now. So um, I, I we expect to get them back probably by the end of the month, maybe early next month. And um, 
you know, it could be any day after that. So what's the diameter? Yeah. It's a 26, 26 millimeter. Okay. Interesting question here uh, from AC Shaver. He asked, how did your partnership with Yates come about uh, to make the Trikant? Would it have been easier to find someone in Canada? Mm, I saw that one. And that is a really interesting one. Um, it's it's kind of interesting to have a Canadian uh, company, a Canadian maker, but have our razors made in the USA. Although it's not really that interesting if you really think about it, because mm. like, if you look at you know, Alpha, for instance, right? Alpha Shaving Works. Um, they're based out of Hong Kong, but they have manufacturing. Um, well, actually, I think their manufacturing is in China, in Shenzhen or whatever. Um, but, you know, I could, for instance, conceivably work with a manufacturer out of Europe if I wanted to. And we've considered that for certain applications. There's a lot of really good manufacturing that comes from Europe as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the partnership with Yates, the reason it came about, um, the short answer is, basically trust reliability trustworthiness um quality you know the yates they're they're a machine shop um that come from an aerospace background but they are they became a razor manufacturer but they're still a machine shop and they're a machine shop for hire and they do work for a, a bunch of other stuff that's not shaving related right they take contracts for all kinds of machining um and so early on when I was still designing this and I didn't know the first thing about like running a business or manufacturing or logistics or all of that kind of stuff. I was like, how am I going to get this made? And I did do my research and I looked around at um, machine shops and manufacturing in Canada. Um, and I, I weighed some options, but right from the beginning, I was already talking to Jake and um, it, it was very, you know, I wanted somebody who had experience and who I knew did good work in, in razors and who would be reliable and you know what I mean? And who understood how to make a razor. And there aren't a lot of machine shops for hire that know how to make a razor. Right. Um, Actually Yates is the one that, that, that I know of and that, that does really good work. Um, Most of the other ones, they're not machine shops first and razor makers second, they're razor makers first and they just happen to own their own manufacturing. Right. Um, Mm. and so those are not going to be the ones, you know, I'm, I'm not going to reach out to like razor rock and ask them if they want to make my razor for me. Right. Um, I mean, that would be cool, but I don't think, I don't think they would want to. Right. But like, right. Right. Um, and so it's, it's actually a really fortuitous because Jake is very good. He, you know, they're, they're really good at what they do. Um, and they specialize and they're open to taking contracts with other razor makers, which is it's, it's, it's like a unicorn actually. Um, and so that, that's yeah. the first part of the question. But the second part is that, um, Canadian manufacturing is not really set up for this type of work actually. So we have, like I said, in my early um, research stages, I reached out to, Oh, m- must be like 25 or 30 different machine shops throughout Ontario and, um, another manufacturing sectors out in Alberta, but most of the manufacturing in Canada, they don't do small part manufacturing. They do, they, they focus on like, um, the oil, oil industries and things like that. So they do really big parts and they're not actually set up to do this type of manufacturing. Um, so even if I wanted to, you know, if I, if I wasn't already dead set on Yates because of the quality of work that they do, um, the Canadian manufacturers mostly came back and they're just like, we can't really do these things. (laughs) So, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so that's why. 
But we're, I, but I want to, I want to say like, I'm so glad that it worked out that way because Yates is freaking awesome. Like <laughs> they do, they do amazing work. You, you've, you've seen the, the quality of the razor itself. Right. And I, mm-hmm. I'm just so stoked on it, you know, and they're just so great to work with and everything. So I couldn't be happier that it worked out that way. Definitely. Like you said, I mean, just based on like past work, right. And that, that they already do contract out, uh, you know, uh, Gerard mentioned the America razor and the winning razor. The so yeah. Yeah. And their, their own is the 921. They, they so, all something that's funny. Ex- yeah, like excellent. I didn't actually realize about that relationship. And it, it's funny. Like, I'm just like, man, it's like, it's just like kind of, it's like one of the first razors. Like I went, you know, I said that, you know, I went to, uh, that like mm. in the in the comparison, it's just you oh know, mm. like oh I thought that was intentional. No, the comparison. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And the cra- the cool thing about Yates is like they. So you mentioned the winning in America, right? Yeah. For the the wet shaving club, but yeah. Yates Yates does other razors. Yeah. That you guys you guys would know these razors. You just don't know that it was that Yates that made them. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Yates Yates manufactures razors for like other razor makers out there too yeah yeah it's just um we we decided not to keep it a secret on our side like yeah, we're right we're we're proud of having yates as a partner so yeah to close out our listener questions this is not shaving related but it's from uh someone that you know very well it's from sloppy badger he, he asked <laughs> why does your french suck so bad as a canadian my French is actually quite good. <laughs> I don't know what he's basing this on. So. I don't. I don't think he's basing it on anything. Okay. I, I don't think he has to enough. Just poke the bear. Mm. I, yes, that. I. I think he just wanted to take the piss out of me a little bit, and um, <laughs> so you know he couldn't. He, he had. He had to find something. But uh, you can ask Phil from from the Canadian Mafia guys. He's actually been quite yeah. impressed impressed with my French ability. Oh. Mm. Okay. I just actually got back from spending um, almost almost six weeks in France, and uh, <laughs> really, really, yeah. And I was get wow. I was I was getting around, you, you know, with my French. So nice. And then wow. if uh, if they said, "Oh, where's your accent from?" did Did you tell them Canada, or did you just say did you just say another part, like, "Oh, I'm from um, Marseille," you know, or something like that, or. Uh, they so I didn't get asked that. Um, they would mostly just say "Where are you from?" because they know I'm not from yeah, from there. And then I would just I would just tell them Canada. Yeah. yeah. What part of France? I would were tell. You? I would tell. Um, we we did so we went up there um, to to celebrate uh, a year, basically to celebrate our engagement. Margot and I. Um, oh, congratulations! Thank you. So it's been a, a year since then, and um, it's like our, our around our anniversary. So, um, yeah, so we, we spent a week in Paris and then we did a little bit of touring around through like the Loire Valley. And then we went down to the South and we set up a base there cause both of us work remotely for our jobs. Mm-hmm. So then we did a workation and we just like stayed, oh. stayed in this town called Montpellier down in the South of France and like yeah, yeah. worked from our Airbnb basically. How, how was the weather and everything while you were there? It, it, the weather was very nice, although I will say this, um, yeah. and Margo and I both felt the same way. Workations don't work because <laughs> they, do, they don't, because yeah, you, yeah. You, you just end up working the whole time. And then you don't, you know, you don't really get to do anything. 
you're just working the whole time and you might as well just be at home. Right. Um, so we, if we were to do it again, we probably would have yeah. cut, cut the trip short by like, I don't know, four weeks <laughs> or something. But then just concentrate your time immersing yourself. Right. Yeah. And kind of that, that, that makes, that makes sense. But it's, uh, it's a life lesson. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's my takeaway. If you're going to vacation, vacation. And then yeah. if you're going to work, work, don't, don't try to mix the two. Are there any plans for soft adding software to the mix, or is that just kind of muddying things for for you? Yeah, I think that muddies things. Um, as a designer, you know, as a as a three D designer, I want to I want to stick to hardware design. And there's there's enough there's enough to do with designing razors and different parts for razors, different different handle designs, different materials, brushes. Um, you know, maybe perhaps the only other thing I might look into is. Um, potentially 3d printed uh or like even cnc'd shave bowls you know come up with some some cool lather bowls as well um i I really like some of what's out there but i don't know about 3d printing because you know i i'd have to look into it more i haven't really dug too deeply into this but you know like a cayenne right i really like their resin bowls um but you need those beautiful resin pores in order to to actually make that work and uh So I wouldn't know where to begin with that. Maybe I could talk to somebody about pouring some resin blanks and then have those resin blanks uh, CNC machined to create cool resin bowls or whatever. I don't know. But uh, no, not I, I don't really have any plans to do any soaps. It'd be cool to do a collaboration on something, yeah. um, like a, like a, an Aylesworth collaboration with another one of my preferred uh, soap or favorite soap makers that I, that I happen to know. Um, <clears throat> Maybe one day I would like to potentially add some soaps to our catalog, but more just as a, a retailer, just as a distributor for like some friends, right? Uh, let, let's talk about kind of things are coming up because we, we alluded to uh, on November 18th, you have a drop coming up. Um, if you could share a little bit about that drop, but also uh, feel free to share kind of like looking down, you know, d- down the coming year, anything you'd, you'd like to kind of preview or you know kind of tease out for us this is your opportunity to do so sure um yeah okay so friday right it's a it's a week before black friday so it's this is our our kind of black friday release um it's just going to be a restock of the stuff that we're all already familiar with so that would be the dracant in original and plus plate in both finishes um but we're also adding two new products as well we have um at long last our inkwell stands in both finishes those are matching stands um that can go either with your machined razor or your satin razor. And then we've also just added the open comb plate, which uh, was very well received by the people who used it in the pass around. Um, people are having really good things to say about it. I just shaved with it my, for myself for the first time, actually, because I never used the um, original prototype because I'm not an open comb shaver normally. And so I didn't figure I was the best person to test it. And I wanted to send it off to people who typically use open comb razors. Mm. Um, but after they gave the feedback and everything, I decided to give it a try. And I was actually really pleasantly surprised. I, I enjoyed it. So uh, I, I think I just converted myself into being an open comb <laughs> shaver. <laughs> like, actually... <laughs> Because I, I really enjoyed it. So um, so we're going to be dropping that too. So then for the incentives too, we're going to do some uh, some Black Friday stuff. So we're going to do free shipping um, to America and Canada site-wide um, 
on on everything everything just free shipping no matter what and then um for overseas customers it's going to be discounted flat rate so uh for orders below a certain weight um which would be like you know an individual plate or a stand or whatever if you say you already have the razor and you just want to get the plate or the stand i think it would, it's just going to be five dollars for track shipping internationally mm. and then um if it's a larger package, say you get a full razor plus a plate plus a stand or two razors or whatever, then I think it's going to be fifteen dollars um, f- flat rate tracked international. Um, and then for orders over a hundred, it's ten percent off, and orders over two hundred, it's fifteen percent off. So you know, if like two people team up together and get like two razors or something, then they can get free shipping and fifteen percent off. And that includes um, the new products, which is you know it's a little bit unusual to release a brand new product and then immediate, yeah. immediately discount it. But um, now's going to be the time to grab it for people who, <laughs> who, who want to stand or they want uh, an open comb plate, then yeah. you know, I'd take advantage of those incentives. Okay. So, so those are all very uh, things. They're all great things to, uh, to look forward to drop coming up. So I lately I've been trying to end the show on a positive note. So I'm going to ask you, Caleb, what is something you're grateful for? Wow. I mean, that that's a, a potentially deep rabbit hole. I mean, I'm grateful for so many things, obviously. Um, but if I had to pick one, I would say just the this community, finding this community, the wet shaving community. I'm sure that's probably a cliche answer because I'm pretty sure everyone says that. But it's... Um, it's so true. It's such an amazing, amazing community. The, the amount of goodwill that goes around in this community and the way that everybody just, the camaraderie, um, you know, the friendships that I've made, the people that I've met, uh, there's, there's such a pay it forward mentality. I mean, the fact that there are entire subs dedicated towards piffing, right? Paying things forward and you have piff tables at meetups. Um, everyone is just always willing to to lend a hand and help each other out and get each other's backs. And it's just, it's the most positive online community I've ever seen. And the fact that it would be, it would coincide or coexist with this hobby that I discovered and fell in love with, um, you know, it's just like such a double win. <laughs> and then, and then on top of that, it also turned, turned out to be a passion craft as well, right? Uh, designing razors. So it's just, yeah, I feel blessed every day. Yeah, shaving related or not, that's it's a solid answer. So, um, I just want to say thank you so much for uh, your time, some time spending with us this evening, talking about shaving stuff, talking about Ellsworth razors. Very good to hear about kind of how you got into it, and I think I just want to say, uh, wish you success. You know, with the with your upcoming releases and just. Uh, May your company just keep on growing. I hope your love of wet shaving continues. Uh, And it's such a pleasure speaking with you today. Likewise, uh, pleasure was all mine, John Gerard. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. (laughs) 